Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all living, loving, and just appreciating everything in life. Uh, this week's episode is with the amazing Mr. Zark Fatas. So Zark, uh, I actually met him a couple months ago at a event where we were both going to a maximum security prison to mentor inmates who had been incarcerated for some over 20 years on just how to deal and be an entrepreneur when they get out of prison. And so the circumstances that we met, I met Sarkat were very, very, very uh, illuminating, very vulnerable. And it, it was, it was a beautiful setting and I'm really grateful that I got to get to know him. He was the photographer there. We sat next to each other on the ride in and I started hearing a little bit of Zark's story and I couldn't help but just see so much light and I couldn't wait to have him on the show. So to give you a little bit of context, Zark from a very young age has been an entrepreneur his entire life. He spent 15 years in the entertainment and hospitality industry where he launched a dozen businesses, but he chased money, external validation, a lot of things that he thought would bring him joy and happiness. But when he got it, he realized that he didn't have the life he wanted. It wasn't until his 40th birthday that he looked back on his life and he realized that he had been chasing all the wrong things. He felt lonely in love. He didn't jump out of bed to get to work. And because he had a habit of spending more than he earned, he was he was in a ton of debt. It was the wake up call he needed. So at that point, he saw the man in the mirror and it wasn't the guy he wanted to be. So he let go, deconstructed his life and redefined himself beyond recognition And in this episode, you get to hear what Sark did and how his life has changed as a result. One thing I love most about Sark's story is that it's just a beautiful reminder that it's never too late to change. You know, Sark had his like aha moment at the age of 40. He's and uh, it's never too late to start a journey to reinvent yourself, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s or 60s. And it all starts with your mindset. It's a choice and a decision to walk away from what you don't want and take action towards the things that will bring joy, passion, and love. And Zark's life is so much different now. He runs a travel and a transformational travel experience company called Alive Experiences. And he curates travel experiences for people who want profound breakthroughs and has so much more fulfillment and love in everything he does. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know Zark and follow his journey, see where he's Find yourself in his story because I found myself really resonating with a lot of the concepts around pursuing things for societal acceptance and then even just a powerful link between giving and success and the differences between superficial success and real success and curiosity and love and abundance and gratitude and everything else uh, that goes into living a grounded life. And so I hope you guys enjoy Zark. But before we get started, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Stay Grounded podcast on any of the apps you choose. 
rate and review us with the biggest lessons you're learning from the episodes, uh, whether it's Sarks or any of the previous ones. I'm grateful to have you guys here. And I'm so grateful that you guys get to experience my good friend, Mr. Zark. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. I hope everyone listening in from wherever you are in the world are having an amazing start to your day. This week's guest, Zark. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm so good, man. I mean, I we've been trying to make this work for some time now, and uh, I'm finally I'm happy that the cards aligned in the way that they did. I mean, even the first experience we had together was a pretty transformative one. We went to that prison. Yeah, we shared that bus ride to Kern Valley Maximum Security Prison in California together, and yeah, wow, that that I'm I believe is one of the most profound experiences of my life. Spending the day with seventy incarcerated individuals. I can't even begin to describe that specific experience. But I think what drew me in, and it's telling, I guess that's just the way the world works or the universe works, that we had this experience together. But one thing that fascinated me most about you when we were there together was just, one, your passion for learning and seeing different perspectives from different angles. And I was reading through your story, and we talked a lot about your story and your journey and how you've had so many different businesses, so many different quote-unquote careers, so many different passions and charity (laughs) initiatives that have come to life. Where do you think the source is for all of the the things you do? I believe life is wild, weird, and wonderful. And there's so much to learn and experience. And I'm just constantly in pursuit of growing, expanding, and learning and participating in events like Hustle 2.0 is a perfect example of going well beyond your comfort zone and what you can learn from that experience, right? Like what we learned that day about compassion and empathy and second chances, you can't learn that in a university classroom or any course, right? So anytime I get the chance to put myself out there and try something new, I'm open to what knowledge or experience I can gain. And that usually sparks and inspires some new hobby or passion of mine. Uh, As you saw that day, I was photographing a lot. And photography is something I started because I've always admired other people's photos. And then I one day decided to pick up a camera and photography has completely changed my life. And it was just a curiosity. It was a hobby. I decided, hey, why not? Let's try it. Jumped in, found out not only did I love it, it changed my life, but it's actually now changing other people's lives through the charitable initiatives that I'm able to participate in and use my photos to promote or raise money for. So for me, I think it's if I see something interesting, something that I think, wow, that's really cool. I'd like to try that. I, yeah. I just do it. I go in, I, you know, I try it. Uh, I learn. Sometimes it's like, nah, nah, not so much. Or yeah, wow, I need to do more of this. And through it, you know, you meet other like-minded people, you, you get better at it, you see where it goes. And sometimes it can be something I do for three months and then kind of get bored. Or it could be something that becomes my new career. And all the awesome, wonderful, weird things that that might bring to my life. Yeah. And it's, and it is wonderful, man. I mean, I was really looking at, I was, I was going through the site and I was looking at like the laundry list of things that you've gotten yourself (laughs) involved in. I mean, everything from bodybuilding to just everything, man. Like it seems, talk to me about curiosity. Cause I think that's something that some people are more in tune with Mm -hmm. the curious attitude than others. What do you think is the source of your curiosity? 
And do you think it stems from any one experience or do you think it came from the way you were born? Where does your curiosity come from? I think as humans, we are all curious individuals. Like it's just in our nature to be curious and wonder about things. But the difference or and the difference is those who act on that curiosity. So when you see something that's interesting and it piques your curiosity, do you step forward to learn more? Do you kind of like, "Mm, no, 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 not so much. I can't do that. It's not for me. I believe anything life is possible. And when you see someone step on stage as a bodybuilder and they're like 2% body fat and they're ripped and shredded, and you might look at it like, oh my God, that's incredible. I can never do that. That's where I think difference. Yeah, I believe we all, for the most part, drink the same, you know, water. We breathe the same air. I mean, with bodybuilding, you eat different food, but you know, (laughs) it all comes down to mindset and you see that person on stage and you either say, no, that's not for me or, or yeah, I can do that. And when you say, yeah, I can do it. You step forward, take action, come up with a plan and you do it. So for me, curiosity really is just how I live my life. I'm always, always open to learning. And yeah, and then confidence comes into play where I see something that's interesting that I'm curious about. And then I have the confidence to just step forward and and go for it. And and I think I have that confidence because I actually grew up with very little guidance, very little guidance. My parents, they had, you know, had their own issues (laughs) between them. So discipline and that parental guidance wasn't really there as I grew up. I got kicked out of three high schools. So by the age of 17, I was uh, out on my own. I've just trusted my intuition and have always done what just kind of felt right. And I guess I have enough trust in my own capabilities that I'm confident enough to pursue a curiosity, knowing that if I try hard enough, I'll figure it out. And if I like it enough, I can be really good at it. And that's just sort of how I've lived my life. And that's beautiful. You know, you just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about it. I don't know if curiosity is as useful of a tool as it could be without confidence. Because curiosity that isn't acted on is just feelings that it won't manifest into anything else. So I want to go back to, you brought up your childhood. So you were a curious, active learner. What role did your parents have in your life? How much did they actually play a role in parenting you? And how much did they let you just be yourself? I come from a Southeast Asian background, India and Pakistan, you know, and culturally, in Canada, at least, especially in Toronto, brown people, <laughs> as we like to call ourselves, you know, as brown folk, you know, tend to be self-segregating, tend to be very, very, I don't want to say isolating with culture, but like somewhat cliquish to some degree. My parents were like, they didn't bother teaching me Urdu or Hindi. They didn't put religion on me. Uh, they didn't try to raise my brother and I as Muslims growing up in Canada. It was more like, you're born in Canada, be Canadian. If when you're older, you want to learn to speak, speak Urdu or you want to learn more about, you know, Islam, whatnot, that, that's up to you then. But my father, he actually is not a fan of religion. My mom is Anglo-Indian, so she's actually more British than Indian. So she was more leaning to the, the white side. She grew up as a, a Christian. So my parents didn't really try to raise us with the culture. They just allowed us to make that decision when we were older. And as a result, I've been back to Pakistan. I've been to India twice. Love it there. Absolutely amazing countries. But I am Canadian. Now, my parents, like most people's parents, I guess they have the ideal marriage or relationship, whatever that means. A lot of fighting. When I was 21, my mom left. I I knew it was coming. So my parents had their own their own issues to work right. with. So my brother and I just being the little brats that we were, you know, they tried to 
got us where they could, but we were just, we were just wild children. So we did whatever we wanted. You know, my mom was a secretary. My dad was a courier. So very, very like basics, like food on the table, roof over our head, clothes on the back. That's what they were able to provide us with. And growing up, I guess you could say I was a bit resentful of that because I had friends who's, you know, got a car at 16 and their parents were on all kinds of vacations. And, you know, their parents were doing better financially. They were able to provide their children with more. It was only as an adult, I can now look back and see that my parents gave me everything I needed. They gave me great morals, great values. They taught me how to treat people. They taught me to be honest and they gave me love. And that was really all I needed to become the man I am today. Whereas now I look at some of my friends who I grew up with who had all those things given to them. And I can see that there was something missing in their childhood that's now impacting them as an adult. So uh, I'm truly grateful for everything my parents gave me and everything that they didn't give me. And that is a really beautiful distinction. I just spoke at a high school a couple of weeks ago. And I had a very cathartic experience where I went in and the things that I thought were like life ending or things that I thought were the worst things ever when I was 15, 16, all came back to me and made me realize that I am the man I am today because of those experiences. Mm-hmm. I show up the way I do in situations because of the experiences I had or the perspective, the lens that I had at that time. So I want to ask you, in your life, with the amazing morals and character and, and emotional intelligence that you clearly exhibit from a lot of the, the upbringing you had from your parents, how has that shown up in some of the worser parts of your life? Like in some of the worser parts of your story, like how has your character allowed you to thrive through those experiences? Yeah. So uh, even at the time, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to identify the connection between who my parents were for me and what they taught me. I can now look back and see that there were some points in my life where... So I grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood called Scarborough. By the age of 20, I could probably count on two hands, friends who had either killed or been killed. That was the kind of hood that I grew up in. And I could have gone down a dark path very easily because I was around people who ended up you know, in a place like we visited, Kern Valley. you know, And I could see that it was the morals and values that I had that guided me away from going that way, even though it was all there for me, even though I participated to some degree, like whether it be stealing cars, whether it be selling drugs, whether it be, you know, credit card fraud, like I had friends that were all dabbling in that. And, you know, I kind of dipped my toe in a little bit, but I always knew like, one, I knew I'm not going to do too well in jail. And also (laughs) I knew that be good to people. You know, don't do something to someone else that you wouldn't be okay with yourself. You know, that's how my parents raised me. So I knew when I was crossing that line and knew to pull back. And, you know, I, I have gotten myself into some pretty precarious situations that I think, you know, whoever uh, has kept me out of <laughs> incarceration has looked over me. Uh, but yes, when we were there that day at Kern Valley, I thought to myself, you know, if there were certain things that I had gotten caught for, I may have been on the other side of that line with the Mavericks. And I attribute the guidance and the morals and values that my parents gave me that have just sort of shifted my perspective or shaped my perspective that's allowed me to make the right decisions that have gotten me to where I am in my life now. Dude, I love the awareness you have and your ability to articulate that awareness is is a gift. I hope you keep exercising the hell out of it because I'm thoroughly enjoying it. 
selfishly. Well, I appreciate that. And being 44 years of age, I've had to learn a lot of what I share the hard way. And, you know, happy to share more about that. But for me, it's just been through my learning lessons, the ups and downs of life and business that I now have this perspective that has allowed me to really create and design the life that I'm living. (laughs) And there's a, it's actually a really good segue into a question I had for you. So I was, I was reading just on your, on your website and you talked, so you said something very interesting that you've I think lived and died around five or so times. Now, what does that mean in a sense to somebody like you, like you've lived many lives and you've, is, is that, is that ego death or is it, is it in a way where you're like changing identities or careers? Like, what does it mean to live and die in the same life? Sure. Yes. I, I often say I feel like I've lived five lives already. As far as death, you know, I would say there's been some ego death in the last few years. And I'll elaborate on that. First off, you know, the five different lives growing up in Scarborough, this rough part of Toronto, where I was surrounded by, you know, a lot of very negative elements. You know, I always knew that I didn't belong there. And, you know, when I dropped out of high school, when my parents split up, our our house got repossessed. And now it's kind of like out on my own. So leaving Scarborough, which I just always knew I didn't fit in, and then moving down to the, you know, the city, the bright lights and all the glamour of that, I ended up getting a job in nightlife at the age of 18 and uh, started, uh, I was actually a dancer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't tell a lot of people that, but I was actually, and then well, I guess a lot of people are going to know right now. Yeah, I started off, <laughs> yeah, you just screwed yourself on that no, one. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Transparency, <laughs> vulnerability, it's, it's, it'll save you, right? So, you know, I worked in nightlife at a young age and also was like, oh my God, you know, poor kid from Scarborough, brown guy used to get picked on and bullied. Now I'm like buff, I'm working downtown, hot clubs, girls. And it was just like, wow, what is all this? Through working in the club, started bartending, ended up going to Miami for vacation and stayed down there for two years. You know, so I went from being high school dropout, living in Miami, bartending at all the hottest spots, and then moved back to Toronto, brought all that knowledge and information with me and all the experiences from being down there and then started this nightlife promotion career. And that was just, you know, crazy going from Scarborough to, to that. And, you know, this is a different careers, a different lifestyle, the different identities that I developed along the way over the 25 year career in nightlife. And then, you know, most recently waking up at 40 a few years ago and just realizing, wow, there's got to be more to life than this. Like, this is not where I thought I'd be at 40. And, and, and coming to that realization that I wasn't where I wanted to be personally, professionally or financially. I knew that I had to make some serious changes. And that's when the journey of self-discovery and self-development began and the deconstruction of the identity that I had created over all those years to be that guy that was admired and liked and looked up to for being that. I didn't want to be that guy anymore. So then began, you know, call it the death of that identity or whatnot. But I do feel like I'm now living my best life had the best year of my life. And my life is so different than it was five years ago. It's crazy. Who did you want to be? You knew what you didn't want to be, but how did you know what you wanted to be? Yeah. At 40, I also had to be married with kids. Like I love kids. I love family. And at 40, I was still single. I was feeling lonely. I wasn't in a significant relationship. As a matter of fact, I had three relationships where I had created the same dynamic in each relationship over and over again. So something with the relationships weren't working. And I was the common denominator between all of them. So I knew something's got to change. 
and it's not them. It is actually me. So personally, I felt lonely not having been in love. I knew something was missing. Professionally, I thought I'd be out of nightlife. I thought I'd be doing something more fulfilling, more rewarding. And I felt stuck in nightlife. I just didn't want to do it anymore. But I've been good at it for so long. It was what I was known for. People knew me as the nightlife guy, king of King Street with all these different clubs. And that's not how I wanted to be thought of or um, you know, introduced anymore. And then financially, I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And no matter how much money I made, I always spent more than I made. And I can look back and say that I was spending money I didn't have to buy things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. And it was all to support that identity that I created to make myself feel better about who I didn't think I was growing up. You know, just dealing with that complex and insecurity of getting picked on and bullied and dealing with racism as a kid growing up. I, you know, I made a decision at some point that I'm going to grow up and, you know, not only am I going to be good enough, I'm going to be the best. And I'm going to have everything I've ever wanted. I'm going to put it in your face. and I'm going to show you I don't need you. And that's who I grew up to be. This successful, sometimes arrogant, flashy dude with lots of beautiful girlfriends and friends and living a very superficial life. Yeah. And one day when I woke up at 40, I'm like, I don't want to be this guy anymore. You know, I want to find my partner. I want to wake up and love what I'm doing for work, being truly fulfilled. And I don't want to be stressed about money. What do you think is stopping people from wanting to have that level of connection to their work at a younger age? I think that the things that many young people strive to achieve, that end result is not aligned with who they really are and what they want for their life. See, we're living in a culture where more is better. And if you're successful, you should have this watch and this car and you should be going to these places. And, you know, there's this expectation of what success is supposed to mean. And I don't think a lot of young people realize success means different things to different people. You create your own definition of success. And it has nothing to do with the type of car you're driving or the brand of watch you're wearing. You know, success means whatever it does to you. And often you have to go through the process of getting all that stuff that you think success means <laughs> to realize like, okay, I got it, but I don't like, I don't feel fulfilled. Like I may be financially successful and professionally successful, but I don't actually feel successful as a person because a lot of times along the way, we sacrifice the things that are truly important to us to reach that success that we think we're supposed to have. And then when we get to that successful spot, we're at the top of that mountain we look around and we realize, oh shit, not only am I on the wrong mountain, but I actually sacrificed all that stuff that I really want right now along the way. And I can't even have that back again. You know, so I, I think that young people need to really define what does success mean to them? What does their own success mean to them? Not what they see on Instagram, not what they see, you know, their coworker or colleague achieving what does their own personal success mean? You said that you have to, you almost have to go and achieve all the things that success, like whatever success really is, right? You almost have to go and achieve all those things to then know that that's not the thing you want because it doesn't feel like success. So what does success feel like? Or what is it supposed to feel like? Having had financial and professional success and also having personal fulfillment and success as a human, 
the difference between the two is that superficial success that comes from possessions, accomplishments that really lack significance is temporary. It's short-lived. It'll feel good for a little while, but then that kind of fades. And then you're looking for that next temporary successful fulfillment. True success, I believe, is when you know that you've done something truly impactful. You know it's something you're really proud of. And whether it be a year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you're still going to feel the same way about that achievement, about that accomplishment, and be proud of it. That, that type of success is... That's the stuff you remember when we're passing on from this dimension and going up to the cosmos. I think that's the type of success that you reflect back on and you remember and you're really proud of who you were, what you did. And I believe that's the type of success that legacy is made of. And that type of success or that type of fulfillment often has nothing to do with what you did for yourself. Some of the most successful and proud moments of my life are things that I did for other people. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. And when you taste that type of fulfillment, when you achieve success on that human level, it's a game changer. It's you realize there's a whole different way to live your life. I mean, giving is a life force. I mean, when I say it is (laughs) to me, at least it is the most addictive drug on planet earth, giving and sharing joy and providing joy to people who don't have it. I mean, it doesn't, and giving doesn't have to mean money. It doesn't have to mean time. It can mean feelings. Like even if you're just giving someone the gift of your presence without looking at your phone, doesn't. So like, I want to transition into, we talked a lot about creating legacy, success, fulfillment. How do we create that every day though? It's important to decide for yourself, get present to what is your purpose? What impact you want to create in the world? What difference do you want to make? Being present to your purpose and who you want to be in this world and taking small actions every day to reinforce and advance that goal, that legacy that you're creating. That's a way that you can keep that present and alive on a day-to-day basis. And it requires a plan. It requires a vision. It requires, you know, some sort of, I don't want to say strategy, but structure of how you're going to achieve that. Now, there are you know, large goals and large uh, missions or visions that people have that they want to create for their lives. And there are also smaller things as simple as you know, taking care, checking in on the people around you, stopping to say hi to someone who looks like they might not be having a great day, you know, uh, reaching out to a friend you haven't talked to in a long time. or just There's so many little ways that we can give back, that we can contribute to others on a day-to-day basis. And I know often people think, oh, I'm busy. I got a lot on the go. I got my stuff to worry about. As you've experienced before, those little moments of contribution, those small, simple things that you can do to help someone else, whether it be just giving them your time and attention and focus, you get back just as much as you give. And in knowing that you're making a difference for people, that gratitude and appreciation that you feel just elevates your frequency. It, it, yeah. it improves the quality of your life. And it doesn't have to be difficult or complicated or, or require money. It just has to, you just have to have the intention to want to 
help other people. That's it. You know, it's that simple, really. It's beautiful. And you said something in there, like it's a, it's a clear idea of who you want to be, not what you want to have. You can be the person you want to be today. Like you don't have to wait 10 years to be happy or to be fulfilled or to be giving or to be charitable. Like you can be that now, albeit with the resources you have, but being who you want to be is a beautiful way to create fulfillment every day because I, and I, I completely agree on the, on the vision. I mean, I've always, for my life at least, like I take time not only yearly, but almost even quarterly to think about what do I want, but not just in my financial or business goals, but with my relationships and with Mm -hmm. my self, like whether it's my health and wellness or my intellectual learning. I mean, thinking about vision from a holistic standpoint and then being that person I think, man, I'm I'm so on board with that. I mean, I think that's what to me when I when I when we have stay grounded. I mean, to me, that's what that means. You're staying grounded yeah. in the truth, mm-hmm. whatever is truth for you, because only you can be who you're going to be. Yeah, and when you're clear on who you want to be and what you stand for, you were able to set very firm boundaries. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. And when you know what's in alignment with you and what's not in alignment, you can say no to the stuff that doesn't fit into your boundaries, does not support who you want to be and what you're up to. And it will allow you to accelerate your progress and development to achieve what it is you want to be. And it helps keep you stay true to who you want to be and what you want to create. And I find that a lot of people say they want to do this. They say they want to be that, but there's an incongruency in their actions, yep. in how they're living their life. And often they're not present to that. And it's a daily practice of, am I taking actions aligned with who I say I want to be? And being able to be conscious of that and filter that stuff out so you can stay focused on what it is you want to create for your life. That is imperative. And, um, and sometimes it can be difficult because things are going to come up that are tempting, that are interesting, but they're not aligned. And that's when you got to be disciplined and, and say no to the things you might want to say yes to. So you have room to say yes to the things you should say yes to. Yeah. How do you know who you want to be? Because I know who I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I live a certain lifestyle for a very long time and it was enjoyable. It was fun. And I got no regrets because it's brought me to this point now where I realize what makes me happy on a superficial level. And I know what makes me happy on a true level of significance. So I also know why and how I know who I want to be in this world is because I am actually changing people's lives. I have the 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 power, the ability, and the influence to create experiences and have conversations with people that shift their mindset, which cause a dramatic shift in their perspective on life. And they are now able to create things that they didn't see or think were possible before. And knowing that that's who I can be for people, it's like, what other... Gift, well, like what more? Yeah, like I am so blessed and grateful that this is what I can do for people. Like, oh my God, what a gift! Like, I can help people. Like, as I say this, like the hairs on my arms stand up. It's like I can use my journey of trials and tribulations, successes and failures, and share this information with other people. 
to help them avoid some of the stuff that I went through and help accelerate their growth and development so that they can get clear on who they are and what they want to achieve in this world. Because I believe that the more people who go through their stuff, come to the realization that there's more to life, get clear on the crap they're dealing with, and rise up to be the best version of themselves, the more people that are at that stage of life and consciousness on this planet means the faster we are going to start fixing some of the crap that is happening on earth right now that doesn't need to happen. So for me, I just see it as I'm one small part of a large collective conscious community who are committed to making a difference with others because together we can really, you know, turn a lot of this stuff around. So that's, that's how I know who I want to be. And that's how I make my decisions in life right now. Like, Dude, uh, I mean, mic drop. And I, I think it's so important because in my opinion, most people fail to be who they know they can be because they don't know what being their best will do for others. They don't know what doing their best will do for others. They don't know the happiness you can evoke in another human being just by walking into the room a certain way. You don't know the way that you can get on top of a stage and say things and evoke emotions in people. You don't know what talking about your failures can do for other people. So like when you start to think about all of the ripples that can happen when you're just being your best self, it is almost the most fulfilling thing to be. And the most fulfillment just comes from gifting people your presence. And as long as you're not an asshole or like something somewhat like, I mean, like, and I do think that everybody inherently is good. That's my optimistic view. I agree. I think everybody might have gone through journeys or experiences that may have skewed their viewpoints on certain things, but that doesn't mean they're not inherently good. I feel like by being our best selves and by being and putting forth your hero, I have this thing I learned like a while back. I watched this Matthew McConaughey film. It was like he was doing some Oscars. I think he like won the Oscars for Dallas Buyers Club or something. And okay. back then he gave a speech that talked about there are three things I look up to in life or th- three things I need in my life. One is someone to look up to. Another thing is something to look forward to. And the last one is someone to chase. And that someone to chase for him was him in 10 years. So he had like imagined who that person was in 10 years. And he was just showing up as that person every day. And so I, I kind of think of like that hero lens there. But when you come back here, I feel like, man, you are striking a real strong nerve with me right now in many ways, just because I, I don't think there's, it's not money that's going to fix the world. It, it can help. It's not any tangible asset. It is, you're right, the collective community showing up as their truth. So how are you empowering people to do that? I, I know you talked about how you're leveraging your influence to create experiences for people. How are you actually doing that right now? I want to talk about a live and some of the things sure. that you've got going on. When I realized that my days in nightlife and restaurants were coming to an end, and I had to start thinking about, well, I've been doing this for 25 years. What the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> I asked myself, well, what job could I create for myself where I'm going to wake up every day, jumping out of bed, excited to go to work, you know, do something that I can be really proud of that's purposeful. I love to travel. I love to learn. I love to meet new people. I love good food. I love fitness. I love adventure. I love sharing my journey. I love letting people know what I've been through and what I've learned as a result of it. So I thought, well, how do I take all that and turn that into a job? 
And that's how I created the live experience. Through my own personal journey of doing a complete 180 in life, changing the way I learn, places I travel, the people I surround myself with. I took those experiences, the lessons that I've learned, the people that I've been fortunate enough to learn from, and I created this transformational travel company where I curate week-long experiences in places like Whistler, Canada, Nosara, Costa Rica, got one coming up in Muskoka, Bali, New Zealand. And these are fully curated weeks that offer adventure, wellness, connection, and self-development. Highly curated, programmed with an intention that you disconnect from your life back home, you're immersed in nature, you reconnect with yourself, you connect with other like-minded humans, and we spend an amazing week together, whether it be surfing, jumping off cliffs, hiking. We learn from brilliant coaches who share workshops on finding purpose, overcoming obstacles, cognitive behavioral therapy. I share my journey of you know, letting go and losing a million dollars to create the life of my dreams. Mixed with healthy food, great workouts, uh, lots of active, adventurous type stuff to do. And then the connection, bringing together 12 like-minded humans to spend a week together where they're sharing, they're opening up, they're talking about what really matters to them, what they're struggling with, what they're going through. Yeah, That week with these different elements creates a complete transformation in people where... First off, they learn that they're not alone, that they're all dealing with something. They learn that a new morning routine of meditation and yoga and, and staying off your phone for the first couple hours of the day and, and how to include some self-care into their daily routine so that they're investing into themselves. That mixed with the workshops, the activities, the workouts, the group bonding, you know, it's just a beautiful transformational process that happens over the week that you know, I'm so proud to facilitate and create for these people. And I said before, it's the most fulfilling and rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And, and I mean that it's beautiful to see people who have, you know, I have people who've actually given up on life. I have had guests who have attempted suicide before or are considering suicide who come on the trip and they say, I remember what it means to be happy again. I, I remember that life can be fun and enjoyable like to hear someone who is so down and out have that complete 180 shift in their mindset, their joy and their happiness. For me, it's like, that is my legacy. That is what I'm creating. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful that that's what I get to call work, you know, and I get to travel to these beautiful places, live in Costa Rica. And, and that's, that's who I get to be for these people. Well, if you wouldn't have lived yeah. the life you lived, I don't think you would have the insight to create the experiences you do. Right? You know what you don't want to be. You know what you don't yeah. want. So you know exactly yeah. what you want. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of beauty in that. I've, I've always been a curious question. How do you find the locations that you, like, how do you decide on a location for an experience? So, you know, the universe will send you signs when you're living out of alignment with who you really are. And the universe sent me some very powerful, expensive, frustrating signs when I was back in Toronto owning nightclubs and restaurants. The buildings I was leasing were getting sold. New landlords were coming in and they were screwing us on the rent. This happened to me three times. And when I knew it was time to get out of that business, I said to myself, I want to create a business where I can work where I want, when I want, with who I want. I do not want to be stuck to a 
lease for 15 years at 30 grand a month, which will end up being 60 grand a month after the landlord screws me. I don't want to have, you know, at one point we had staff of 300. You know, we had a major hospitality conglomerate. And when I said I'm done with all of that, and I want to be able to work when I want, where I want, with who I want, the idea of a travel company where I can pick any destination in the world, do my research, rent a beautiful villa, hire a chef, and get to travel to all these bucket list places. I, I basically am choosing these destinations based on my own personal inspiration and desire of, I really want to go to Bali. I've never been to Bali. Hey, how about we do a 10 day trip to Bali? Beautiful. And yeah. I'll go two weeks in advance, enjoy Bali for myself, host 16 people, have an epic time, and let's pick another place. You know, I just got back from New Zealand. New Zealand's a place I've wanted to go for many, many years. And I knew it would be a good, a live experience destination. So I flew there, spent two weeks there, met a bunch of great people, did my research. And now in March 2020, I'll be taking 16 people to New Zealand. So it just starts with an idea. Sometimes it can be yeah. an incredible photo. Sometimes it can be a suggestion by someone. I get the idea. I'm curious. I'm curious. I do the research. If it makes sense, I book it and I just make it happen. How does curiosity <laughs> and intuition work together in your world? I believe if you're curious about something, that's already your intuition poking its head up and be like, hey, what's that over there? You know, <laughs> you can be curious about something. Dip your toe and do a little bit of research. If what you've learned feels right, intuition will tell you, yeah, okay, this just sounds feels right. It sounds good. Let's let's take that to the next step. So being curious without listening to your intuition and trusting your instincts, I'm gonna say could possibly, yeah. You know, I mean, you you might just end up pursuing something that doesn't resonate with you later down the road. You know, I usually try things, give it a hundred percent, learn what I need to learn about something, and then trust my intuition as to whether or not this is something I want to go deeper and further into. Again, when you, when you know who you want to be and you know what you're up to in this world and what you want to create, your intuition becomes a real guiding light and you get better and better at trusting yourself and making decisions that are aligned with who you are and what you want when you're clear on your purpose and who you want to be. So self-awareness, building self-awareness, unlocking your truth could be one of the most important things that anybody does in their life. I mean, I'm actually personally pretty excited. I want to check out one of your trips, man. They sound epic. Love to have you, for sure. Uh, yeah. Sounds like, sounds like a beautiful time. So I'll have to follow up with you after. But Zark, man, this conversation went on a beautiful journey. I'm just grateful to your friend, man, I have so many more questions for you. So I may have to bring it back or just hit you up later. But, you know, I just, I really appreciate who you are. You're an inspiration for me just with the way that you've lived your life and how you continuously infuse joy, passion, and play into an already incredibly eventful life. So how old are you? 43 right now? 40. 44. 44? 44, yeah. I mean, yeah. That is, that's amazing, yeah. man. And, and, it, and it really is inspirational. So I want to, again, I'm just saying I'm very grateful that I got to spend this hour with you and, and just go down the rabbit hole. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, setting this up. You know, it, it makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do when someone like you is curious to what it is that I'm creating and feels that I have a story worth sharing. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. I appreciate the support. And uh, yeah. 
look forward to hosting you uh, on a trip yeah. in the jungle or in the forests of beautiful Canada sometime soon. Yeah, and it, I, I can't wait, man. All right, so everybody, we'll make the links live in the show notes and everything. But Zark, I got one last question for you, my man. Um, yeah. In the midst of the life you've lived, everything you've done, and who you are today, how do you stay grounded? Yeah, I would say it's constantly, daily, asking myself, am I living in alignment? Am I staying true to the impact that I want to create in this world? Am I making decisions that are aligned with the highest version of myself? Am I staying true to the service that I want to provide to others, really? Yeah, I stay grounded by constantly reminding myself of the difference that I'm making for others and making sure that my decisions and actions are aligned with who I aspire to be and the legacy that I'm creating. Living on purpose, that's how I stay grounded, living on purpose. Yeah, and reminding yourself of that purpose. Man, Sark, you are a gem in a million, man. And I'm, like I said, I'm grateful to call you a friend and a brother. And so, but everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Zark. And from us, <laughs> stay grounded. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.